Love reading books? Want to write a novel of your own? Then First We Write is just for you. If it's all going to plan, then you're busy writing your first draft right now, so today's episode won't take long. After all, you've got a first draft to get back to. Why would you want to be hanging out with me when you've created a cast of characters that you love? Before you started your draft while you were thinking of ideas and figuring out your setting, you probably did a bunch of research to create a feel for your world. But you don't have to stop researching just because you're writing. Good ideas can pop up at any time, and right now, when your mind is a hive of creativity, you're probably noticing all sorts of wonderful twists, turns, and bits of trivia that you can incorporate into your world. So today, let's talk a little bit about research. There's a few key details that will be invaluable. No matter where you go, carry a good notebook with you. Always have a pen on hand and be prepared to jot down ideas or concepts that catch your attention through your day. It's the same basic premise as your journal, and in fact your journal can double as your research notebook. Now that you're writing, your eyes will be open to new ideas, and you'll want to have a place to save those ideas. When it comes to taking notes, do whatever works best for you. Point form, full sentences, strange cryptic notations, whatever helps you trap and keep those ideas for later, when you can sit down and integrate them into your writing. But there's one thing I absolutely recommend. It's always a good idea to note where you spotted something, in case you need to double-check your source or dive deeper into the information. Note the title, the author, and the page number of the book where you found the information. If you own the book, you can always stick a post-it note in there too to find it faster. My library is full of flagged books with little curls of color coming up from their tops. If you come across something on the internet that inspires you, make sure you bookmark the URL so that you can go back and find it again. I know that seems like pretty simple advice, but I've skimmed over information online that eight months later I wanted to double check, and I couldn't find the original source anymore. After that amount of time, Google was useless. Its algorithm assigns each web page a relevancy score based on things like keywords and active links, and as new websites appear, the ability for Google to find more obscure pages diminishes. In my case, the really strange, bizarre, and unique stuff I skimmed over was no longer near the top of Google's results, and I was left wondering if the website still existed or if I'd only dreamed it. Basically, when it comes to researching ideas, you want to make the job of retracing your steps easier for the future you. And I should mention, the internet is an invaluable resource. It's never closed. It provides you with lots of options. It's perfect for finding little facts. Hey, it even connected us. You can hone your skills by reading a vast amount of short stories and novels online, especially hard-to-find classics that have fallen out of copyright. Best of all, it's great for putting you in touch with academics and specialists, so that you can talk directly to people who know more about your chosen topic. It might be a bit intimidating to contact a stranger, but don't be shy. Send an email and connect with others. Be polite and straightforward with why you're contacting them, and keep in mind that not everyone has the time to reply. But in my experience, I've found most people are excited to talk to someone else who's interested in the same topics as they are. You can learn so much from people if you ask the right questions and you're eager to listen. Now, the internet is great to get started when it comes to research, but don't be afraid to dig a little deeper. 
If you want to set your story apart from everyone else, you need to provide your reader with something unique, and that's where your research will be invaluable. You'll need to seek out quirky, curious, fascinating details to help build your world. And for me, the best place to do that is museums and archives. Even if you're writing fantasy or science fiction, you'll still have characters based on human emotions and psychology. After all, you want your audience to connect with them. So looking at how people lived in other times or places can help you create something special. Studying old photographs or landscape paintings can help you visualize the countryside or describe a scene more fully. Read old newspapers and get a feel for the language that the people used. And don't forget to read between the lines, too. That can offer you a lot of insights into personalities, conflicts, morality, and motivations. Always, always, always look for those tiny details that make a place feel more real to your readers, like stray dogs wandering the streets, the sound of laundry flapping from a line, or a ragged swallow's nest in the eaves of a barn. It's the little things that bring realism to your setting and place your audience firmly in your world. Lastly, there's nothing better than researching on location. Now, yeah, that's going to be difficult if your story takes place on the surface of Jupiter. But if your story takes place in a real location, or even a fictional location based on a real place, visiting and walking around can give you a wealth of information that you might not have considered if you were relying on your imagination alone. The smell, the taste, the feel of the air, the crunch of gravel underfoot, the clouds of insects swirling around your head, all those little sensory tidbits will help inform your writing and give your book a sense of realism. When you describe your settings, make it a full sensory experience. Notice the weather, the way the light hits the buildings, the sounds, the stench in the air. Bring your journal and write along the way. What are you seeing? What are you hearing? What sort of memories or emotions does this place inspire in you? Sometimes walking in your character's footsteps can be educational, too. It'll show you if you've judged distances incorrectly, or if a hill is too steep to climb, or if it's just too damn cold in the winter to be outside for more than an hour, you'll gain a better sense of who your characters are and what sort of challenges they face. And like I said before, don't be shy. Talk to people who are familiar with the landscape. Ask them questions and gather stories. You might feel that visiting the location won't be useful, but there's another good reason to give it a try. Writers spend a lot of time sitting down, and that's not good for the body. Researching on location is a fantastic excuse to get up from your writing desk, get outside, and go for a walk in the real world, if only for a little bit. Alright, enough chit-chat. It's time for you to get back to your daily routine of writing, even if it's just a little bit at a time. Put your head down and write. And the most important part of writing your first draft is this. Even if the ending is lame, write until you've finished your manuscript. The key is to have a complete story, even if it's a bad one, because then you've accomplished something with a beginning, middle, and end. Like I said before, it's too easy to get bogged down in endless revisions if you keep going back over and over again. Your first draft doesn't have to be perfect. It can't be perfect. Its purpose is not to be great, but to become a foundation on which you can build something great. So even if the ending is shaky or rushed or maybe a little silly and doesn't exactly make sense, that's okay. Get that first draft finished. Once you're done, you can sit back and relax. Take a walk, play the ukulele, knit something, go skydiving, I don't know, whatever you love to do that isn't writing. 
It might be hard because after weeks and weeks of daily writing and living in the world of your creation, you might not want to leave, but it's important to give yourself a little bit of space and clear your head. Don't read the manuscript, and for the love of all things holy, don't give it to someone else to read. The temptation will be strong, but don't do it. Just put it aside, take a deep breath, and leave it alone. I tend to take a week. During this time, I'll still practice my daily writing, but I won't work on the original project, and I won't take on a new project either. Instead, I use the time to clear my mind. The amount of time you choose to take might be different for you, but when you begin working on your second draft, you'll need to work differently. You'll need to move from writing without judgment, like in the first draft, to writing with judgment, as if you're a stranger coming to the story for the first time. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Keep writing your first draft until you're finished. Rush the ending if you must, just to get it done. Once you've completed it, take a little break and congratulate yourself on finishing your first draft. You can be proud to know that you just wrote a whole novel, beginning, middle, end. For a little while, put aside your created world and join the real world again. Go have fun, rest up, recharge. Because trust me when I say, the real work is coming up next. First We Write is a production of Fox & Bee Studio. Thank you, Sean Pickett, for sound production and for letting me use the music from your album, West Coast Soul Sound Road Trip. We've been opening with Astoria, and today we're closing with Santa Rosa. I'm Kim Bannerman, and you can find out more about my work at www.foxandbeebooks.com. Thanks for listening. See you back here when your first draft is done. <laughs>